the bell rung, so how about we begin? Please stand. Let us pray, in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. Jesus, unite me to yourself, my body to your body, my blood to your blood, my soul to your soul, my heart to your heart, all that I am to all that you are. It says to make of me with yourself, one with you, offered to the glory of the Father out of love for your bride, the church. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go ahead, lock the doors. Anyone knocks, tell them we do not know them. <laughs> Bar them. Uh, good people, welcome back for day, what, day two, I suppose, of the 40 hours devotion. Uh, Jesus has to be so happy with your parish, coming to adore him, pouring your hearts out to him. Everyone, make sure you're wanting love from Jesus. Make sure you're letting him know you need love from him. And that you're not ashamed of that. That you give yourself permission to let him know that you need him and you need his love in order to love the way you need to, in order to carry out your vocation, in order to share him. And so I encourage that. Before I jump into uh, tonight's, or this morning, sorry, jeez. Before I jump into this morning's, uh, I just want to touch a little bit to uh, maybe unfold a little bit uh, the theme of surrender. So uh, last night, uh, I wanted to focus on surrendering to Jesus, surrendering in faith. I suppose there's a certain element, everyone, of kind of giving up when the heart surrenders, but certainly, certainly not out of discouragement, right? But, but the surrender in faith is the awareness that someone who deeply cares for me is here. And so I can give up this sort of, this sort of uh, grasping so that the one who cares and is here can be with and I can be with. And what I wanted to focus on, what I thought was an insight for me, is this language in this surrender novena. Jesus, I surrender myself to you. Much of my life, I was surrendering my cross. I offer up this cross. Huh? I, offer, uh, I offer to to you, Jesus, whatever it is, right? These demanding parishioners, I offer them up to you. But, but the language in this, in this uh, novena is I offer myself to you. In other, words, in other words, I think surrendering in faith is about this. Do I want to be with Jesus more? then I want to be rid of this 
Did that make sense? Do I want to be with Jesus more at the cross than I want to be rid of the cross? I think that's the, I think that's the key. June 8th, 2010. June 8th, 2010. I was praying the uh, Office of Readings, Liturgy of the Hours. It was a Tuesday. And the first antiphon for the Office of Readings just deeply spoke to me. Surrender to God, and he'll do everything for you. It just, it uh, excited my heart. Surrender to God, and he'll do everything to me. And so I carried that line around that week. That was a Tuesday. June 12th, 2020, four days later, 7.30 in the morning. It's in the midst of the centennial celebration. I get a phone call from Matthew Kelly's agent. Matthew Kelly isn't going to be here for the keynote. Right then, after uh, I, uh, I said some things in my head I can't say in the church, what came to mind is, you're going to be given that keynote. And right after that was this refrain, surrender to God. He'll do everything for you. And you know how that turned out. I happened to be the, the bad news and all that stuff. But, but this, this um, he'll do everything for you. Obviously, I, I, still had to, I still had to show up. But the everything he does, I think, everyone, that we need to keep in mind is is that one is doing what one is doing with the awareness of this one caring for me. In my experience of life, the greatest difference between, uh, the greatest difference in suffering anything is whether I'm alone in it or not. Did you hear that? The greatest difference in the interior experience of suffering is around, am I alone in this or not? If I'm aware of God uh, being good to me, God using this for my good, God doing something wonderful in this, this bearing fruit, it changes my entire experience of that suffering. And so that's what uh, I wanted to say. Sorry, you guys. I'm now going to begin. <clears throat> a reading from the Gospel of Mark. As he was setting out on a journey, a man ran up, knelt down before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus answered him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but God alone. You know the commandments, you shall not kill, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, you shall not defraud, honor your father and your mother. He replied and said to him, Teacher, 
All of these I have observed from my youth. Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, You are lacking in one thing. Go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At that statement, his face fell, and he went away sad, for he had many possessions. The Gospel of the Lord. Lord Jesus Christ. Everyone, if you're a person who's kind of into titles uh, and all that stuff, I, I think this talk, so surrender to Jesus. And to, today, this morning, I want to focus on growing. Growing in Jesus, maturing. So, so this morning, I want to focus on spiritual growth. As you know, good people, right? Jesus doesn't just want to save you and me from eternal damnation. He wants us to be spiritually mature, spiritually fruitful, to be like him. And just as we develop on a human, physical level, we are to develop spiritually. And so uh, my words this morning, uh, growing in Christ, surrendering to him, growing in him. Uh, the two things uh, I want us to walk away with is growth in Christ, growth in the spiritual life has so much to do with growing in awareness. It is almost impossible to over-exaggerate the importance of awareness in the Christian life. Just the other day in, in, uh, for Mass, the reading was, remember the ten lepers? You're going to get it again for Thanksgiving. The ten lepers were healed. It says this, one of them aware that he was healed came back and thanked God. Everyone, it's really hard, it's really hard to have a thankful heart if you're not aware of the goodness of God. It begins with awareness. I think so much of the Eucharistic revival, through good preaching, through good preaching, through good teaching, is raising awareness in the people of God that the Eucharist is Jesus. It's just about impossible not to be crazy about the Eucharist if you're aware it's Jesus. I, I suppose you can walk away. But, but if I, the Eucharist is God, if I'm aware of that, the more I'm aware of it, well, then it's next to impossible to walk away. But so much is about 
Growing in awareness. And then the second is this. Growing in relationality. That the Christian life, the more I become like Jesus and the closer I come to him and the closer I come to God, the more, the more one's heart awakens to relationship. And the less time I spend thinking about stuff alone to being with a person who's with me in whatever I'm thinking about. Growth in Jesus is growing in awareness of the love of God for me. He is my father. And everything goes from there. And awareness, and, and then this uh, relationality. Right? One who's not aware that Christ is present doesn't relate. But the more I'm aware I'm a temple of God, God is with me, the more my heart now turns to him. Okay? Um, and so this, this gospel, I want to do basically Alexio on this gospel, uh, sort of... Um, underlining and with specificity these uh, these points. So you have this good man, this rich young man, good man, good man who is trying and doing whatever he can to be faithful to God, to go to heaven, etc. And he approaches Jesus, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, as, as you see, right, Jesus brings up the commandments. He says, I follow them. Young people, following the commandments is incredibly important. But it's not enough. But the definition in the Old Testament of a fool is one who doesn't follow the commandments. But we see from this gospel... Heaven involves something more than following commandments. And so Jesus says, you're missing one thing. You're lacking one thing. Go sell all and follow me. And so um, it, it begins with, what must I do? And now Jesus reveals to him, it's about who you must have. Right? You, you holy lay people sitting in the pews hearing this gospel. This, the one thing you're lacking, the one thing he's lacking, right, is friendship with Jesus. He's lacking a relationship with Jesus. And the average Joe Schmo, <clears throat> there's no Joe Schmoes in cathedral, but other... That, that this is this is the prog progression of holiness. Trying to be good, just trying to be good, and that's a good thing. But at some point, at some point, the heart says, "There's something more." 
And now one's at a place where one can start saying, I want friendship with you, God. I want relationship with you. Dear people, if we do not have awareness, regular awareness of Christ's presence, of God with me, we, the Lord wants us to beg him for that. This increase of awareness, this increase of relationality are graces that we ask for. So, so uh, what must I do? Jesus shows them it's, it's actually who you must have. And now the commandments are understood all differently. That, oh my gosh, all these commandments I've been following aren't just about some discipline program, some endurance test. They're, a, they're about a friendship. And so now going to Mass or not isn't about, it's about a friend who I adore. And so it's not about breaking a commandment, so to speak, only, but breaking a friendship. And now it takes a whole nother level of, it increases a whole nother level of resolve, whole nother level of meaning in following the commandments. Following the one who my heart loves. You've, you've heard me say this many, many times when I was rector here. Um, and it would just, I'm flattered to think you've remembered everything I've ever said. But it's, it's my Pope Benedict XVI in his papal audience on October 21st, 2009 on St. Bernard of Clairvaux. He paraphrases St. Bernard of Clairvaux's thoughts on faith. And he says this, faith is first and foremost a personal close encounter with Jesus. It's having, it's having an experience of his friendship, his closeness, and his love. Only in this way can we know him more and love him better. And so now all the commandments are now transformed into, into they're about this friend, this relationships, this relationship that defines my life. Okay, but I haven't gotten to the part, the, the important part yet. <clears throat> so then Jesus says, sell everything, come follow me, and then, and then all the gold happens. 
it says the young man got sad and walked away because he had many possessions. Jesus says, go sell all your possessions and then come, follow me. And he got sad and left. Very important, uh, dear faithful. Jesus' words didn't make his heart sad. Jesus' words never make your heart sad about following him. Jesus' words never make you somehow lose lose energy and attraction for Jesus. In other words, when Jesus said, go sell everything, come follow me, someone else spoke to his heart. This is the awareness we need to have. So, so what's this guy's issue? His issue is our issue. He's attached. He's, he's attached to his possessions. We have all kinds of attachments. Hmm? All kinds of different attachments. And where we're attached, this is the dynamic that happens to us. The enemy says, in one way or another, you're going to have less. Jesus can't somehow make up for that. And so, and so, growing in faith, growing in the spiritual life, growing in friendship is about becoming aware. Of those things in you that are not from him and to not listen to them. To not listen to them. For St. Ignatius of Loyola, all the spiritual life is dependent on one's capacity to be aware of stuff that is stirred in me that I don't cause. Did you catch that? The capacity to be aware of things that are stirred in me that one doesn't cause. I'm getting more and more convinced of this, good people, that all those things you call negative self-talk aren't self-talk. It's not you talking to yourself. It's someone else talking to you. And we're listening. And so, 
And so what is, what is, uh, what is this young man supposed to do? This is, everyone, please j just hold on for a couple of minutes before you doze off. This is what, so what must I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus comes down to all this young man has to do is stand before Jesus and relate his sadness to him. All he has to do is say, Jesus, my heart is sick. It is so confused and so dark that I believe you won't bring me as much joy as these possessions, and you got to free me. This man is not supposed to put his head down and say, dang it, I got to get rid of this stuff. He can't. He's not free. All he has to do is stand there and say, Jesus, I am attached. I'm sick. You got to heal me and free me from this. The idea of following you makes me sad. Good people, listen. Much of spiritual growth is being able to do what I just said. Because if you're living the sacramental life and you're trying to follow the commandments and you're trying to do the will of God as well as you can, just about everything else is about him freeing you from attachments. That you can't free yourself from. You know that sin you've been confessing for the last 43 years? That's about an attachment. <laughs> where you lack faith, where we lack faith, we think the answer is I just gotta try harder. Huh. This guy simply has to acknowledge and be aware of I am attached. And you, Jesus, are the Lord of my life and my heart, and you got to save it and, and heal it. And every time he feels this attachment, he does that. Awareness, relationality. This is exciting. Dear people, you don't got to fix yourself. Jesus does that. But we have to be aware and acknowledge and relate it to him. Not just get sad and go away and feel bad. I'm such a bad guy. I should be more... No. You are a bad guy. <laughs> the good news of the Lord. But, but it's, not just, it's not all our fault. And what we can do about it is bring it to him.
This is, this is what St. John of the Cross calls purification. So following, does Jesus purify us? You bet. He frees us from attachments and purifies us. I hope this doesn't get too technical. Most of you are spiritual nerds, I think. Uh, so we should be fine. He doesn't cause spiritual desolation. So Jesus telling this guy, sell all your possessions, that causes, that causes some pain in him. But this other thing that makes him sad about the idea of giving this up and just having Jesus, that's from the enemy. Jesus actively purifies. We embrace his purification. We reject spiritual desolation. This is how we grow in spiritual maturity. It's 945, but just in case your mind did what my mind did, we didn't start at 9. We started at 915. Um, so, St. John of the Cross uses this example. A mother weaning her baby. She is actively loving that child in a way that causes the child pain. But for the good of the child. She doesn't want her child showing up at the University of Mary sucking a bottle. So out of love, out of love, she weans the child, which causes pain. But listen, and that's how God acts with us. That's, that's loving, divine purification. But imagine, imagine if this child has a neighbor boy who says, your mom's doing this because she doesn't care about you. She doesn't want to be close to you. It's because you're a bad boy that she's doing this. This is now spiritual desolation. And dear people, we need to be aware of the difference between the two. Because we want to embrace Christ's purification, but have nothing to do with the enemy's uh, lies. And for me, for me, his lies always cause a certain sort of al aloneness. Or tempting this is what this man must do not follow the sadness because if he follows the sadness he leaves Jesus if you follow the sadness you leave Jesus But does Jesus demand this guy give up his possessions? You bet. 
Does that cause pain in him? Yes. But nothing compared to the joy that's going to happen to him when he draws close to the love of Christ. But he can't just will that. He has to stand before Jesus and let Jesus heal and free and redeem and fix. Was that clear? If you if one does this, if one does this well, if one does this consistently, huh? So this guy, this rich young man, is going to bring this to Jesus, and then he's going to go home and he's going to carry out his daily duty like you and I do every day. But this is going to come up. It's going to come up. It's going to come up. And when it comes up every day, he just he just in faith stands before Christ who is with him and says, I give you permission to free me. I give you permission to have all my possessions if you free me. I give you, do whatever you want with my possessions if you free me. This is what most young men who are drawn into the priesthood have to deal with, with the idea of not having a fam uh, family and wife. I will embrace the priesthood, but you have to prove to me I'm not going to have less love in my life. And he does. But one doesn't just put their head down and charge through. So if one does this consistently, everyone, what I see happen both in others and in my own life is the increase of desire for whatever that is. So the first time this rich young man does this before Jesus, it's going to be, oh, dang it. Yeah, I, I suppose I have too many possessions. But if he keeps doing this, a month later is, boy, Jesus. I'm really attached. Two months later, it's going to be, wow, I can't believe, I can't believe how these things define me. A couple months later, I'm sick and tired of being attached. And it grows and grows and grows until one stands before God with the desire so increased that you're crying, please free me. And it does. The growth of awareness and the growth of relationality results in growth of desire, which is growth of receiving from God the grace he's giving. When Jesus says to him, you got to go sell your possessions, he's saying, I've just revealed to you what I want to do for you. Where you're attached, Jesus is revealing what he's trying to heal in you. Whether that's a grudge, 
or whatever. Hour 40 minutes. Everyone, I hope that's, uh, I hope that's helpful. But listen, have nothing to do with spiritual desolation. Have nothing to do with what takes your heart away for God, your confidence in God, your hope in God. That is not from him. No, but Monsignor, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big sinner. Yeah, you are. But, but that's precisely why God needs to encourage you more. Do not follow anything that takes your heart away for God. Good to be with you, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Glory be to the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. May Almighty God bless you all, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, all for Jesus. Have a good day, everybody. See you tomorrow night.